News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Studios, I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turney. I'm Alan Gilworth, darkhugmedia.com. And man, have I been, and I'm Max and Million, and man, have I been waiting to wish you all a happy belated World Hippo Day. Oh, I know. Wow. No, Alan and I, hippo, Alan. Alan texted me on Wednesday and I was like, hey, guess what? It's World Hippo Day. And it's like, I'm a, now you know. He's like, well, there's always a Joe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hippo. You know, when I was a little, when I was a baby, my nickname was Hippo Joe. That's what they I, called I, me. I can believe that. Yeah. Hippo. Yep. Now, uh, do tell, Max. Of course, when I ask you to tell, you go, well, that's all there is. So, oh, but, no. Yeah. There's much more to this. Well, the question well, arises is how do you celebrate it? I mean, <laughs> I'd say we take a trip to the zoo and go visit the hippos. Or what? go visit your mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are the mother-in-law jokes still allowed oh, yeah. in this day yeah. and age? Oh, yeah. Click and Clack did those quite a bit. Yeah, but, mixed okay. emotions. Watching your new car go over a cliff with your mother-in-law in it. Oh, yes, man. Well, we, they, we that's need... their joke. Not mine. That's their joke. Well, so. if you want to call in, call or text us and let us know how you're celebrating International Hippo Day, you can get in touch with us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 or go to Tool Talk Radio's Facebook page. And uh, there's good reason to go there anyway, Alan. I made three posts this morning. No, you've been I, a busy camper. Uh, I posted our must-have item of the week. I posted a video about our great moments in building history. And Alan, you and I are both in agreement on this. Yeah. this now, this is a we're, this is a very modern construction. This this was 2017. Yes. Apple Park. Ongoing. Uh, Holy well, it's still smoke. ongoing even, you know. I don't know how I didn't know about this, but uh, I just discovered it. The algorithms uh, showed me this mm. on YouTube, and I said, oh, my gosh, this is fascinating. Apple Park has got wide-ranging um, applications. It's 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 you know op, we salute it and it's got a lot of um, applications for design in your own home. It's yes. gonna it's gonna be a great discussion. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Alan's week in review, huh? How much do I want to <laughs> tease about this? Because we'll probably get to half of it. Plumbing, plumbing, slime molds, and cleaning your toolbox. Okay. Yes. What a weekend, uh, mm. <laughs> Alan. You know, Alan lives a well, never mind. But um, this, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be cautious about not over teasing. We we have some tool tales that we didn't get to uh, mm. that that okay. we probably need to follow up on. And I've got a, a, a I was on a really interesting project doing some uh, unique demolition work, and I think I'm gonna um, chime in with that. But um, so we've got quite a bit coming at. Uh, coming at you today, but Alan, I wanted to follow up on last week's um, our first. You know, we did our first um, live broadcast of the year last week at the uh, home show over in, at the Agri Center, and uh, it merited discussion. And uh, we, you know, there a lot of people, a lot of people uh, dropped by the booth. It was really nice. I just want to put this out there right now. Somebody came by the booth while we were broadcasting, mm -hmm. so I wasn't able to talk to you know. You know how that is. They walk up and you're talking and you're trying to do that so you didn't but it, he handed me this really beautiful it's you know it looks like some lathe work this is it like is. a little now i'm not one with the mini lathe my lathe is pretty big but right. whoever you are you handed me this it's made of ebony it's a little round i'd almost call it a pillbox or something you know i was showing everybody and they just said man that is beautiful yeah. so whoever you were get in touch with me you know i give my number out anyway you can call me directly at 901-921-7105 and i wanted to learn more about this but um you know i hate when somebody gives you a gift and you can't thank them for right. it but well this it's like is the cool. perfect size for like carmex or something i mean it's just this beautiful yeah tiny i mean it's not big 
No, it's really nice though, and it but says the ebony at the bottom. So the work is amazing. Yeah, it it screws together. It's great. So I did want to put that out. Whoever, if you know, I'm assuming they listen, mm. or uh, you well, know. obviously they uh, they had to be a fan. And for those of you that are listening for the first time this week from meeting us at the at the show, yeah. uh, welcome. We hope we uh, we hope we live up or down to your expectations. Yeah, Alan, <laughs> I want to get your I want to get your thoughts, but first, I also I had a you know this is a listener question, like a a, yes. a, a nice woman named uh, I think her name was Barbara came up to me. I, we had I had several questions about Max. Uh, right, <laughs> I guess Max, you got yourself a, a fan base over there, but Barbara Max is quite questionable. Barbara was really, you know, I guess for people that aren't in radio and stuff, they're curious about how it actually works. And she was very curious about what you do behind the glass during the show. She was she was wanting to know a little more. So what is there something you can tell us without giving away too many trade secrets? Well, I'm a, just to kind of give Barbara a perspective of where I'm sitting right now. Where I'm sitting right now, Barbara, I have three computers in front of me. And in front of one of those computers, I could see the entire cl cl layout of the clock and everything. And so... One of my jobs as a producer is to watch the clock and make sure these chowder heads get out in time. <laughs> and also on the, also a wonderful part of um, this computer screen is I have a, a list of I have like a library of hotkeys that I consult and I can just kind of press and skim through them and everything. So whenever I'm about to whenever about to we're about to transition to a different segment, I hit one of those hotkeys and everything and it produces the sound from the board. Why don't you hit a hotkey and tell and give her an example? Sure. Let me pull up one real quickly. Okay. Because uh, so this is um uh, this is just an example of a, of a hotkey that I press for thirty years Ooh. of stupid. Looks like okay, a loose nail. Yeah, one out of twenty five ain't bad. I don't know how kind hot of a peek is, behind yeah. the curtain. Yeah. She well because you got you you're sort of the uh, conductor. If this was a symphony, right? You're sort of doing that. Uh, I don't know. Oh, now he's gonna want to stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a stick. It's called a Joe staff, and I use it in martial arts. Is it hard to focus when you're talking and having to do this at the same time? Not really. You kind of get used to it. Okay. I mean, he's 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 good at multitasking. Mm, I'll give him that. So, any other thing you want to share with uh, Barbara about that? Let me think. Uh, I can't really think of anything else off the fly. Okay. Well, Barbara, you were really nice. You and your husband came up, and uh, and thank you, Barbara. Yeah. And and other people were asking about you too, Max. So, um, it, it I guess like I said, I don't know. Maybe we need a T-shirt for him or something. So. <laughs> No, you probably don't want a T-shirt. You know, his little eyes poking up over the wall says behind the glass. Well, oh, it's like that Kilroy was here thing from World yeah, War II. Yep. yep. Alan, uh, you know, it's it's nice to meet the listeners, and it's it's nice to to hear their feedback. And uh, what what kind of things were you hearing while you were in the booth? You were giving Alan Alan was giving away a lot of swag. So, oh, I was. I was a dark oak swag too, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, that's that's your thing. That's yeah. your baby, dark oak media. So, yeah. uh, uh, uh. tooltalkradio.com, geektankradio.com. We were having a great time. Um, the, I guess the thing that stood out the most was the number of people that walked over and went, Oh my goodness, I just moved here. I didn't know you were here. Yeah. And that, that was the big one that struck me was just the, a, a lot of people have apparently moved to Memphis recently. Right. Uh, apparently, we have we have quite an insurgence taking place, and um, a lot of people were just discovering us and just uh, absolutely just delighted that we were we're here and doing what we do. So that was a lot of fun. 
It was cool hearing, too, that some people um, said, well, could you do some more of these segments? Mm -hmm. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, I want to say Barbara was a big fan of our great moments in building history. Yes. She said that she's really enjoying those. Mm -hmm. So, But we're, you know, we're always uh, expanding and growing. If you've got ideas for, you know, if you've got Ask ideas for question. that. Um, yeah. uh, I was getting texted throughout the home show because uh, Robbie, you know, our devoted uh, yes. Facebook follower and everybody, he... He was trying to get there, but duty called. I guess his work. He's like, uh, "How long are you going to be there? What time are you guys leaving?" And uh, apparently, he got tied up on a job and never made it. So, uh, Robbie, we'll be doing other live remotes. We hope you'll drop by. So, but one thing I heard um, quite a bit, Alan, and I feel like we need to, you know, make a point of uh, reminding people. I I would hear people say, "Oh yeah, I missed that show. I never heard mm. what happened, and uh, it, it sounded interesting, but I only caught half of it." I'm like, "Well, you know, you can listen to any show." Anytime, 24 hours a day, uh, you can go to uh, YouTube or Spotify or mm -hmm. any, you know, any of the platform. Go to tooltalkradio.com. But um, click the links. You can honestly binge us for, at this point, I think days. Yeah, I think I so. I think we're well over. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think we're well over like 48 hours of content at this point. But I, do they want to to keep their sanity? <laughs> well, you know, actually, I had a, I had a number of people, and this is very bizarre, uh, tell me at the show that they they would kick the show on in the background, just kind of like just a certain level of uh, background sound. Yeah, because apparently our voices are rather soothing, Joe. I don't know about that, but but Alan, your math is awful. It's much more than forty eight. I don't know where your math is, but it's it's a lot. Oh uh, yeah, we're, we probably had about weeks about a week of content I, up there as I sit here and do a little mental math, going yeah. two hours a week plus oh yeah plus the number of years we've been doing this. So there's a huge content backlog there for you. Um, and one other thing that was fun is our buddy. It, they set us up next to our buddy Jay Hill from Big yes. M Roofing and Remodeling, and boy, that guy. I don't know where he gets his energy he the whole a lot weekend, of candy I'm, bars i was watching you know watching his uh his booth which was was busy the whole time and then he'd pop in and mm -hmm. see that but um the other part was of course mrs brown we finally got to yes. get mrs brown on the air which is which was very interesting and uh and we had a really great talk with her and larry brown they got there on time mm. you know they didn't pull the whole thing of getting there five minutes before we're off the right, air right. so it was great, man, and and I guess we're going to be doing uh, probably more this year than we did last year. Oh yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, these are these are great. So thanks again to everybody that dropped in and 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 said hello, you know, at the at the uh, home show of the Mid South. So, Alan, okay, so let's 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 just get this out. I don't want to say get this out of the way, but this is something that. Um, Really intrigued me because of the simplicity of of this, and I didn't give you any warning, Max. But uh, you wanted to do a salute. Uh, you wanted to salute a particular item, if oh, you remember. Oh my gosh! And I think yes. we should do that now. Let's. I think we should. I used it yesterday. As you a did. Of fact. Yeah, you did. So, uh, do we do the big reveal? I don't know. I didn't give Max a little drum roll here. But da 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 da. You know. Um. Anyway, just go. He ahead. He looks intense. I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't warn him. So go okay. ahead. Right. Well, we're going to talk about the moving blanket. Yeah. Tell people what that is. Not everybody might might know. I mean, right. I a moving blanket is a non-woven, multi-layered uh, blanket that we use for sound deadening, protecting stuff. And in general, I believe if you had one of these, you could survive anywhere in the universe. Oh, these things are great. Yeah, they're kind of thick, you know. They're, they're thick. They're, they're combination heavy. drop cloth, yeah. combination protection sort of, yeah. You know, for my SCA buddies out there, their armor, for all the rest of right. us, 
They protect everything we do. And, uh, you know, case in point, used one yesterday, had a load of rock to move ah. and nothing with a solid bottom in it. Wait, what do you mean? Didn't uh, have a trailer with, with, with a lattice, not a bottom. I don't get So uh, if you took oh, a shovel okay. of rock and threw it on there, they're just going to fall through the lattice. Okay, gotcha. Throw the moving blanket on it. You instantly have a a a, a traveling trailer. Load the, ro- yeah. load the rock up on it. And when you're almost done, instead of having to chase the little pieces around, you just pick up the edges and pull it off the end and shake it out and... Oh yeah, no more rocks. I, I would say it if, was um just the, the work saved was astounding. I would say because the other thing about a moving blanket is it's that it's 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 just that little bit thicker than a uh, drop cloth, and it it basically can do the same job as a drop cloth. Yes. But if you drop a tool on it, or if you yeah, you know it within reason, it'll protect your floors a little mm-hmm. better. It's a little more comfortable to kneel on. Oh yes, and especially if you fold it twice or something like that, and um and I. I guess in a pinch, man, it'll keep you warm if your truck breaks down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I but, use them a lot around tile. Good. Oh, good. Yeah. So Especially you have a hammer, tile. you're doing something, yeah. and then you've got tile in it. You don't want to drop that on a drop cloth. So, I, yeah. I, I like, I've even doubled and tripled them up when working in bathrooms to mm-hmm. like cover of, all right, one of the, one real basic rookie mistake. Yeah. Uh, people put, dump too much stuff into the tub. Oh, yeah. while they're while they're knocking down tile and that kind of stuff, and it ends up weighing tons, and it's got little sharp edges, and it starts cutting the plastic you wrap things in. Sure, wrap it in a moving blanket. Yeah, that those things uh, you could smuggle people with those things. <laughs> oh my gosh, they okay. are so tough. Yeah, but they also are very of uh, edge resistant because they're multiple layers of material. Well, yeah, there, there's like a foam foam layer and everything like that. So. And they're crossed layers. In a lot of ways, it's kind of a, a cloth version of plywood. Right. Yep. Very durable, very tough, and really last. And this is another thing. These don't tear up easily. No, they're great, man. I've, I've had a couple of them for over 10 years. Um, I used it uh, yesterday. I, I was using it to because I was doing some demo work, which I'll discuss in a minute here. But um, basically, I didn't want the... Uh, when things go flying, I don't want them to hit the wall or right. something like that. So you can basically hang it and create like a curtain sort of thing. Oh, yes. And so when things hit it, it just hits the moving blanket, drops and everything like it that. It dissipates so. the energy. Right. Um, and and a, a quick, cheesy, easy way of doing that is just basically setting up a laundry line. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah or just, tape it. You know, just whatever. Just put you a yeah. pole or whatever, tape them up. You know, they're kind of heavy. So mm-hmm. they usually need a little decent, some decent support. But... It's hard to describe to somebody when you're when you're tearing something out and you have right. an area you really want to protect. Yeah, something, Joe. You and I both know this just as an absolute certainty. Something is going to come flying off the side you're working on mm-hmm. and go hurtling towards the sugar bowl oh, or yeah. something breakable or scratchable on the other side. Oh yeah, yep. And having anything and. and to give you guys an idea how tough these blankets can be, you could hang one up and throw a baseball at it at point blank range, and I promise you that ball is just going to hit the ground. Yeah. It dissipates energy 
perfectly. No, they're 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 awesome, and so we we, we definitely wanted to uh, salute that. And if you've got any good s- stories of uh, how a, a moving blanket you know saved you oh or made gosh. your life easier, let us know. So get in touch with us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline nine zero one six eight three zero nine eight nine. Al, I want because you know. I know I always over-tease stuff, so I want to get to everything today that we were going to discuss. I don't think I teased this, but I want to just update some people. Okay. Um, so, you know, as for the last however many months, I'm doing my kitchen remodel. If you think that I'm just dragging my feet, the, the thing is, I only can work on it one day a week. Right. So, however, a couple hours at a time. It, it's coming along. I'd say I'm about 80 or 90% done, but I, I was just, I had this observation, Alan. Um, so, if you're new to tool talk radio i'm basically remodeling my entire kitchen and we we you know our house was built in 1952 and there was a lot of outdated things right however our cabinets are very solid so i replaced the cabinet doors and i'm painting the outside of the cabinets and cleaning them up and everything and you wouldn't you can't even tell because the doors i ordered are that that shaker style and i ordered them big with the hidden hinges so it basically covers almost the entire frame. <laughs> right. And I did that on purpose because I'm like, well, then, you know, all you're seeing are the doors and everything. Right. So I'm at a point, and then we have this really cool white uh, subway tile with these, with the, kind of a neat design. And it's funny, Alan, for the last however many months, I've had the tile up forever, but I haven't grouted it yet. Right. Well, last weekend, I finally grouted the, uh, I finally grouted the tile. And I just want to remind people um, that, uh, even this is non-sanded grout because I have mm. very small, uh, very small grooves and, and tear them hands up. And even non-sanded <laughs> grout can still cut your hand. And, and the, the thing, I mean, the, my fingers are just healing now, Alan. I, at, on my fingertips because mm-hmm. I just I hate wearing gloves to do that. And sometimes there's that one area that you can't reach with the trowel. You got to just literally put it in with your yep. you know your hands and get it in the grooves and everything. And it is pretty painful. I'm not gonna lie. So it's like you. <laughs> You may want to just wear the wear the gloves when you do that. But my observation was what a huge, shocking difference it made when I put the... Because we're using white grout. And you, you wouldn't think it's going to make that big of a difference, but it changed, it changed the whole kitchen. It does. Just it really that does. grout. It looks clean. It looks... Fr- I don't know, man. It's, it's the same with uh, paint. I don't know if you've been on jobs like this, Alan, where you're doing a remodel and you've done... You've gutted everything. You've redone the whole, you know, whatever. You've, you've, you've put all this new work into it. And then probably the last 5% is the painting. Yes. But it doesn't look like anything until you paint it. Yes. Once you paint it, it's like this looks like a completely new mm-hmm. new kitchen. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm going to give you a trick for your fingertips, though, Joe. Okay, good. Of, you know, they make basically paint on Band-Aids. Oh, talk instant to me. Skin. What are those? It's called Instant Skin. And you just kind of paint it in a, a over like your little boo boo, and it oh. makes a little paint on band aid on it. Oh, I, I use will super use glue. instant skin. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, uh, I will use instant skin to cover my fingertips when I do have to work on something like that. So I still have all the tactile ability, but I don't have the detriment of wearing big old gloves. That's a good tip because I I always wonder. It's like you know, at some point. When I when I've got those big rubber gloves mm-hmm. on, I'm just like, okay, this is it, it's sweaty for one thing. Right. It's uncomfortable. I can't move the way I want to, and I usually just take them off and say, well, I'll, I'll pay the price later. You know, you have to suffer for your art, right? But, but that's a good tip, Alan. So, uh, and then how do you get it off? Does it wash you just off? Peel or? off. Oh, it's so just that- a little paint on, a little peel off, and they also sell little of uh, basically rubberized thimbles. 
at your I've pharmacies. I've seen those. And those, those also work use pretty those, good. People that do a lot of sewing use yes. those things. Yeah. And okay. those actually do a fairly decent job, but I, I personally find that I like the liquid Band-Aid, mm-hmm. liquid bandage on the fingertips, and then I can really get up in there and do that really tight, tiny work in that little far corner that you just can't reach well. Does it work with sanded grout as well? Yeah. You just I, may have to reapply. I think the other part of that, Alan, is uh, not to beat this into the ground, but when you're working with tile, it, there's always some little very minute, sharp edge that you're not. Yes. It looks smooth, but you don't think oh, it, no, and you're running you. your fingertips mm-hmm. across it, and and that's what it is. So, but uh, I was just, you know, I, I'm just reminded. It's funny when you know, it's funny what a difference the finishing work makes, and so. I, uh, I I think that's another reason that sometimes when I'm doing a project like this, I skip ahead. Like, I'm, I might do it in stages. Like, I might just do the finishing work uh, in some areas just to kind of give you a sense of, okay, well, this is what it's going to look mm-hmm. like. Because, uh, you know, the way I'm even painting this ki- the, the kitchen is there's areas that are that are painted just because I got tired right. of uh, the other work. So I said, well, painting's easy. I'm going to just do that. But um, I'm, I'm hoping to have this done in the next month and uh yeah we'll have to have a party because alan i'm not a good cook my my wife cooks but i, I, I want happy you to, to cook pull up uh, bring the food dude i will be happy to cook that. So, yes um but uh yeah it, it was great so um once again if you've got anything interesting to tell us if you've got these little hacks like alan's got get in touch with us uh today at the big m roofing and remodeling hotline 901-683-0989 and uh, once again thanks to everybody that visited us last week at the uh, home show and we've got more to come so we were just mm-hmm. talking to ditch about that uh, earlier oh yeah so, i'm excited well, about this year i'm very excited um i guess alan let's get this uh, I, I don't want to say get this out of the way but uh let's when we come back let's let's uh, see what alan was doing this week in alan's week in review You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Gonna paint our wagon, gonna paint it good. We ain't bragging, we're gonna coat that wood. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, that's one of the downsides of being on a paint job with Alan. I mean, he just sings his way through, so... (laughs) Very annoying, but he gets the job done, so whatever it takes. Uh, well. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook and check out the action over there. Uh, there's quite a quite a few posts that I've already made. And just a reminder, because some people were asking us about this, Alan. Yes, if you miss any of Tool Talk Radio, never fear. You can check us out. Uh, go to either tooltalkradio.com or go to Spotify or go to YouTube or any of those platforms and you can check out any of our past shows so you know and, and hear what we were discussing they but can indeed uh while we we're at break uh max apparently our text line has been fairly active and now i've heard of <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> max what do you got and it's a uh, very um very interesting. So it's rather apropos. Well, first I wanted to I'm gonna give a shout out to seven three two, our buddy agent seven three two, because they never give us our name yet. But anyways, they said I we need a T shirt for Agent Seven Three Two. We do. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have to. What did our what did uh, the agent have to say today, Max? It so. said I worked on a play once where an actor had to fall off a platform and the theater didn't have any crash pads, so they used moving blankets. It was a four foot fall into a big box full of fluffed 
moving blankets disperse the energy amazingly. Huh. Well, there we go. I I like moving blankets, and I but I don't know. I think I'd rather have like big right. foam we're, things. Yeah, we're, that's we're, not. I don't we're know. not advocating that, but I'm glad it worked. Four foot. That's a pretty good drop. That's a pretty good move, drop. Uh, I don't know. Agent seven three two. I'd like to. I don't know, man. I'm, we, I'm glad your legs were okay. Yeah. Okay. But that. I mean, once again, the versatility of a moving blanket. Oh, they're so. wonderful. But uh, th this next one is pretty uh, juicy, Max. This is where things get Literally. juicy. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> thanks to our buddy Keith. They texted in. Today is National Drink Wine Day. That's yes. pretty good. Get ready mm -hmm. to unwind That's with it. Fine. Yeah. But this Joe's is other than, yeah, whatever. This is the okay. kicker. This yeah. is the one that got Joe moving. It mm -hmm. said cow milks while flying in an airplane day. <laughs> yeah. And it says get ready to be amused by farm uh, by Elm Farm Ollie's calmness and massive generosity. Wait, 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 wait. Say that. okay. So well we, right. we had to investigate. So cow I don't know what the acronym is, cow milked while flying in an airplane C -M -W -F -A -D. day. C M W F A D. Okay, so Matt, this is apparently a real event that happened, and they they commemorated it with a, you know, well, it's pretty historic. How many other cows right, have been well, milked on airplanes? Well, first of all, why are there cows on airplanes? Why? Well, let's, uh, and back in nineteen thirty. All right. Well, holy right, smoke! Understand the the era. Yeah, there was a lot of aeronautical stunts going on. Oh, Think about those... all your stunt pilots yeah. and all of the people we see in the movies, or that guy who dropped um, a chocolate during after World War II um, from a, like the, the Candy Man and everything. Oh yeah, to the e so to the there, there were a people. lot right. of these type of stunts going on. Well, it was still a new th a new phenomenon. Well, airplanes and airplanes were, a big were really deal. pretty yeah. radical, and if you've ever been to an air show, there's still a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, what I'm dying to know is is the cow's name was L Farm Ollie. <laughs> but was also known as Nellie J and Sunny Mead Ollie and was later known as the Sky Queen. No kidding. I mean, it this some cow would have been a celebrity. So this cow's got like aliases and stuff. Wow. But apparently she was extremely productive. Like they had to milk her like three times a day. Was, so, she, was it out of fright or just showing no, no, off just, or what? Just the cow was, the cow was an overachiever. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> old Ellsworth yeah. W. Bunce is the guy of who owned the cow and milked it. Ellsworth's a great name. Ellsworth W. Bunce. Wow. So, they take off from Bismarck, Missouri, and they flew 72 miles, and she produced 24 quarts of milk in this flight. And then to add to the stunt, mm -hmm. as he was milking... They were putting it in little milk containers with parachutes on them <laughs> and chucking them out of the plane. Like the Hunger Games. <laughs> okay. So, wow. That's, it just, what a stunt. So, you know, milking the cow. And the thing is, the cow was like completely chilled and groovy the whole time. I, I the cow's guess, like, all right, we're in a plane, whatever. Well, you know, dogs love being in the back of a truck and just sticking their face in the wind and everything. So maybe, the, I, maybe the cow I was in her element. So. The, I just see this cow with her head out the window in the airplane. Is the you know? Wow. Uh, so seventy-two mile flight. This was before PETA came along. Oh, this is a long time. I just before. keep hearing Tom Petty's free fall. And then <laughs> 
you know, the number of health regulations is violated alone just, is yeah. legendary. Yeah, no, okay. This was not homogenized milk, right? Well, I mean, and it was is- part of the International Air Exposition in St. Louis, Missouri. So they, they flew okay, so- in, flew around it a couple of times, dropping milk bombs. Here's the bigger here's the bigger spectacle to me, Alan. Somebody, a group of people in a boardroom had to oh, this was somebody great- had to have the idea. He had to pitch he or she had to pitch the idea to a group of uh you know organizers and get it approved and make the I mean, I'd like to have seen what that pitch meeting looked like. Well, and you <laughs> know, from a purely tool talk point of view, right, there's a lot of logistics that went into getting this to happen. Yeah. So you think getting your cat to a vet is difficult? Holy smoke. Try getting your cow on a plane with a milker <laughs> and packaging and parachutes, and you only got 72 miles till you land at the air expo. Yeah, how is how is uh how oh is this not gosh. a Hollywood uh, movie right now? Some I mean, somebody needs to make this into a movie. It's all I gotta say. All right, well, listener, I mean, Agent Seven Three Two once again. Boy, that uh, is an epic. Was uh, t- that was Keith. Oh, was I'm sorry, Keith. Keith. Okay, well, well, uh, Agent Seven Three Two, you got some competition out there. So. <laughs> Step it up, partner. Step Ju- it up. That beautiful text. <laughs> Boy, that's wow. That's that's really good to know, man. It kind of puts my I'm a World Hippo Day thing to shame. Yeah, well, I think Max, you've got a you've nobody got competition. Hippo on an airplane, I promise you. Yeah, although Not hippos yet. are pretty awesome, I love hippos. Yeah, so. but a hippo will eat you. There, it's funny. They say <laughs> more more people are killed by hippos every year than they are. Oh. Um, they are remarkably ill tempered in the wild and fast. And if you think you can outswim a hippo, think no. again. No, those guys. N- no, are- they'll outrun you, outswim you, trample you, do bad things to you. Yeah. However, in captivity, they have a lot of personality. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know who's never, to my knowledge, uh, tried to milk a cow while flying in an airplane? Our good buddy Larry Brown with Brown Refrigeration. Not to say he wouldn't do it. If that's what it took to get the job done, He, I think he would. Well, that airplane would be cool. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but but it needed um, to refrigerate it. He's got it. However, if you have any HVAC needs, which surely they would have had those in that airplane back. I mean, no, you got to keep the cow <laughs> comfortable while they're, you know, uh, who knows? Um, I wonder if Larry's ever had to uh, install HVAC in a in any kind of a barn situation or something. Why not? I mean, if it's cold out, I'm sure that they have to keep the animals warehouses and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So because uh, I know Larry, you know, we don't talk about that enough. If you've got a cow, he does a lot that of commercial be, work. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's re- let's focus. If you've got any HVAC. Uh, needs or clean air needs they both go mm, hand in time. hand it is clean conditioned air and uh, you can't do better than calling uh, the good people at brown refrigeration uh, heating and air for one thing they are the i mean it's rock solid it, you know it's easy to take a company for granted that's that's been around forever and are rock solid it's mm. kind of like superman until they, you, know, you remember when they killed Superman mm-hmm. in the 90s? Everybody took Superman for granted until they get rid of him. And it's yep. suddenly like, oh my gosh, this was a jewel of a, you know, whatever. So it's the same with brown refrigeration. It's easy to take their reliability and their, you know, for granted. But when you when you have any HVAC needs, which we all do, especially here in the Mid-South, you can't do better than, than brown refrigeration. They, they are, for one thing, state-of-the-art. They're always at the cutting edge of technology and they're always um, one of the most impressive things with with uh, Larry Brown in the time we've known him, Alan, is how technology has changed and how refrigerant mm-hmm. changed and how years ahead of that transition he was ready for it. They were already laying the groundwork oh, yes. and preparing for it, which 
I don't know if ever, I, I think it might have caught some businesses off guard, but uh, that sort it was of foresight, not an easy transition. No, yeah, that's impressive, and so that's the kind of uh, reliability you want. And of course, the the Remy Halo system is really revolutionary, and it's changing. It's you know we're breathing in cleaner air, and I mean especially here in the mid south with the pollen and just all of the. Uh, particulates that mm -hmm. you can find in the air man the remy halo system is just it's 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 revolutionary technology and it just ties in perfectly with your with your hvac system so uh and also your your uh hvac system requires regular maintenance it's not a bad idea to get them out there once or twice a year for a quick little tune-up or uh just to 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 give it the once over like you would with your with mm -hmm. your automobile that way you can uh, avoid a small problem becoming a bigger problem. And also if you're, if your system might be reaching the end of its life, you can start anticipating and getting ready for the new system. Right. And they've got great financing. If that's the situation, uh, they're just great people, um, very rock solid and they answer their phone. And if you're really lucky, Mrs. Brown will answer Absolutely. the phone. So you can call, uh, you can call them anytime at 901-362-1881 uh, or you can go to their uh, very easy-to-remember website, brownref.com. Uh, Max, I forgot to remind you of this, but uh, now we're going to discuss Alan's Week in Review. <laughs> oh, the humanity. <laughs> well, and, you know, with you, it, it, it might be that or it might be something nice. I, don't I know. wanted to give our buddy Barbara a peek behind the curtain and just let you know who that scream was. That was a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? There was, was a, a scream after Oh the Humanity. That's a I'm a goat screaming. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It is. That it is. sounds like a no. 1930s monster. It's a something. well. That's where the sound effect came from. Barbara, really? just for you, I I'm a spoiled that little thing for you. Yeah, goat scream. Really? Yeah. I'm impressed, Max. You've okay. never annoyed one that much. I I, I imagine the nightmare. <laughs> okay, you're on a farm yeah. late at night and yeah. you hear that. Yeah. Tell me that's not going to chill your well, you blood. Need, you, need a, you need a goat and a peacock to truly, truly live in a horror movie. That's the thing. You know, because it's quiet out there mm -hmm. in the country, and all of a sudden mm -hmm. you hear that. Uh, uh, wow. you, ever, you ever heard the, the I'm here cry of an Indian peacock? No. no. It sounds like the word help being screamed <laughs> by a murdered person. Holy cow. Yeah, boy. have that go ripping through your spine at about 2 o'clock in the morning that, just sitting on your roof. That yeah. is interesting, Max. That yep. is a, that it, Barbara, just for you. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. All right, yep. well, Alan, was your, was, uh, was your week, uh, you know, this week that horrifying or chilling? Two words. Or? You okay. ready? Yeah. Slime mold. Okay. I think I know um, <laughs> where you're going with that. So, okay. Okay. Um, if you live within the sound of my voice, you have slime mold. Well, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start this conversation off right. Uh, it's not it a is, hygiene thing, right? I mean, that's... We, if you your have plumbing, there you, you have slime mold. Right. Let's... End of conversation. Mm -hmm. Get the shocked look off your face. It's winter. We're going to talk about oil, slime, and fatbergs. <laughs> okay. That was your week, huh? <laughs> welcome, okay. to, welcome to my week dealing with plumbing. Okay. Of one uh, one poor sink getting replaced, of absolutely horrified my assistant as we took the sink out and pulled everything out, and basically the the world's most disgusting chocolate pudding came gooping up out of the drain. 
you know, people are eating breakfast right I now, Alan, so keep treading and, lightly, and it's sir. And it's their breakfast that did this. Right. So okay. uh, welcome welcome to a nice, dark slime mold. Yeah. So here we go. Slime molds grow everywhere. They exist every place. But this time of year when it's hot and cold and hot and cold, of a lot of times, just because it's 60 or 70 degrees to you, mm-hmm. it's still 40 degrees underground. Sure. Yeah. So when you run stuff through your food disposer or you put something greasy or oily down the drain, this stuff has a tendency to solidify and become food for, and a slime mold is basically the consistency of pudding. I mean, that's the circle of life though, right? It, it's I mean, doing its we thing. We need slime mold. We do. Maybe you just don't want But we don't need them clogging up our drains. Right. Okay. Of, so this is where my advocation for go down to your local big box store, hardware store. They now carry all kinds of cute little enzyme cleaners. You don't need the big, harsh chemical stuff. This is natural. This is normal digestive enzymes. They come in these cute little sticks or you can get a liquid. Drop them down into your sink, into the trap, and they will dissolve slowly, but they will release enzymes that will help break up slime molds and oil and fat and stuff in your drain. And after using them a couple of times, you'll notice your drains probably work a lot faster and easier. Mm-hmm. It's that slow, and it's just that slow, steady uh, maintenance. It's where you don't wait till they clog up and ex- you got to go get the... The auger to clean it out, just right. a little dab every day. It's just and I'm kind of like washing your hands. You wouldn't wash your hands once every six months, so we why certainly not wash hope, your pipes? We, yeah, you know, we, we so, certainly yeah. hope. Right. Uh, I'm throwing this in right now because we've just had a week. Uh, for those of you listening outside the Mid-South, we're just far enough north to have winter, and we're just far enough south to not care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we're just point. kind of yeah. in that middle spot, and... You know, we get we have temperature swings. Temperatures can swing 40 degrees in a day here. Oh, yeah. Easily, up or down. I think they did two uh, days ago. They just did. <laughs> yeah. So when this happens, of if you didn't run enough water down your, your food disposer after dinner, then you left a lot of material immediately in the line. And stuff begins to grow on it and constricts what your water flow is. And this stuff doesn't necessarily want to wash downstream. No. So every so often, you need to give it a little bit of help to move it on down. So that has been my big lesson of the week, has involved plumbing, slime molds, and water drainage. Because, Joe, they cannot see your lovely swirl effect if the water's not moving properly. Well, I'm curious. So, because, you know, you work in a commercial facility. I'm just wondering how many things did you... I work in several commercial Yeah, so I guess what I'm wondering is... Is this just you get the the five gallon thing of chemicals or the the enzyme? What what did you do to combat this? Because I mean, oh, you just get the little package of the little sticks and you go down and everybody that's got a sink gets a stick. Do, 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 oh, do, do, all okay. The way so you didn't. It wasn't the nuclear option. No, no, no. This was just the the cautionary tale because of I was explaining to people all week long. Up and down temperatures mean stuff we don't normally see is growing and living quite happily. Sure, because. Well, in the middle of August, you just got through frying bacon, you did this, and now you're doing the dishes, and the grease on the dishes is going down the thing, but it's 80 degrees underground, too. So all of that water and grease and stuff it is moving up. quite nice. Well, right now, it's not, 
because underground is still 40 something degrees and anything that can clump up is going to. And, and it doesn't need much. It just needs that thin layer of it, greasy stuff. Then the next thing that comes down the drain is going to stick. And well, then one after you, the other. As you discovered with teenagers and toilet paper, mm -hmm. volume has a lot to do with how well your pipes and stuff react. Right. Especially during temperature gradients. Yep. Because it's really warm, then it's really cold. This morning, it was cold. There was frost all over my truck. This afternoon, it's going to be in the 50 or 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, the ground is not going to warm up that much. We are, but the ground's not. Yeah. It, 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 water flow is something that everybody in the house has to think about because it's just, you know, whoever's job it is to fix it when, you know, when it clogs up, mm -hmm. that person's usually highly motivated. But if everybody just thinks about it, then you won't get to that point where you have to, you know, get the router, you know, the auger and everything to run. You know, just a little daily maintenance is just, all Just trying to throw in a little cautionary tale before we get into March. If you got anything that's not draining too fast now, let's go ahead and get it treated. Let's go ahead and look at it so that next month we're not going to be talking about how to find that clean out and get the big auger and go in there and start knocking stuff loose. Can I say one more thing, Alan? Absolutely. Just one thing for the, because uh, I see this, and this is something um, most people use the garbage disposal just about every day. Yes. And when you run stuff through the garbage disposal, um, please, please, please run it through, you know, run, run, run the garbage disposal, turn it off. And then I'd say run that water at least another 10 or so seconds. Easily. Just to let it blast that last little bit of residue out of there and, and clean another it up. Little, and a little hot water through there isn't a bad thing either to right, really We don't want to waste water, but we need enough water. And another little trick is if you have a dual sink mm -hmm. and you have a food disposer on one side, yeah, don't forget to run a little water through the other side because they connect right down underneath your sink. So a lot of time, the food disposer, when it pushes material down, will push stuff under the pipe to the other side of the sink. Boy, are you preaching to the choir. And boy, did you just trigger me. <laughs> I forgot about that because, you know, we have our beautiful new farmhouse sink. And yes, everything, you but do. Before that, we had the exact situation you're talking about. And that, so the, the, the garbage disposal was on the right side. The, right. The, okay. That thing clogged, the left side that was not the garbage disposal clogged more often than not because of exactly what you're saying. The, the lines under underneath there are sort of, they're, they're connected they're in a connected. way where food and residue can get through there yes. too. So run it, yeah, flow it through both sides for yeah. sure. Man. And that so. will make sure that things move on down like they're supposed to and you can keep your water flowing easily and smoothly, especially as we get into open spring here mm -hmm. where, you know, of according to the daffodils and John Coles in my front yard of spring is about to sprung. Yeah. We're absolutely. about there. We're, so almost, we're, we're I here. Mean, we haven't had much of a winter. We've had a few We've little shocking things. We've had plenty of winter. But, We've had uh, plenty of winter. People up north are just like Oh, yeah, I know. Somebody in Boston is laughing at me, but I've had enough winter. Um, Alan, I don't know. Uh, th this... Part of your week in review said cleaning a toolbox. Well, oh, that yeah. sounds pretty. And I got to get into that. That sounds pretty uh, pedestrian, but are, is this interesting enough for a conversation? Or uh, it, Well, it's, it's again, another cautionary tale in 30 seconds. You know, okay. clean that baby out every so often. A, you're going to find three things that you totally haven't lost. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> You've totally lost. Uh, the other one is you might find that ant colony living in the bottom of it. 
Well, okay. that's a, that's a true story from not me, but one I was going to say, where sons. are they keeping their toolbox? So, uh, well, okay. apparently they're keeping it out in the garage, and things moved into it. Oh boy! Uh, uh, you know, now is not a bad time to take that baby, clean it out, and make sure you don't have any food substances or anything down in there. And uh, it, it's it's never a bad idea to go ahead and clean up those tools and get them. Get them, you know, spray them down with a little WD-40, get them nice and shiny, and get ready for the spring clean season. It, it's interesting that you brought this topic up, Alan, because um, recently, I'd say, when I say recently, I'm saying six months ago, I needed a new toolbox. And, I'm, you know, the toolboxes I buy are the kind you drop it off of a, you know, 30-foot right. lat, and they're they're going to, they're the big heavy-duty. So, sometimes I might, I, I mean, I could go conceivably 10 years without buying a toolbox. Well, I went to the toolbox aisle, which I, I mean, I, I walk past it every mm. now and again, but I, I, I don't always pay attention to it. I, it took me, it took me about an hour and a half to buy a new toolbox, and the reason is, is because <laughs> there were so many choices these days. And they changed. It's a good, it's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there were canvas toolboxes. There were, um, I mean, they have these, they have toolboxes where you lift the lid. And it's sort of a mini, uh, like that, like the auto mechanics use with the oh, yeah. with the sliding drawers, and and then they have plastic, and they have. I mean, I it took me a while to decide, and you know, you have to figure which one will fit in the truck easy, which mm -hmm. one is easy to carry. You know, it, it's impressive the the choices you have with toolbox, and 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 it's it's I I think it's exciting getting a new toolbox to. Uh, and when it's organized and you know exactly where that wrench is mm -hmm. and exactly where that um, you know chisel is and everything else, it's it it is pretty liberating. I feel like it makes you more productive and it might make you encourage you to work with the tools more often. So, well, yes, it's one of those little things. Is of you know my toolbox, I know where everything is. But you know, working with a couple of subs this week, it was kind of looking at one guy. And I was like, dude, seriously, man. Yeah. You have stuff living in there. You got to clean that out. <laughs> Seriously. Move the old tuna sandwich. And, oh, uh, my go gosh. Under yeah. Just so yeah. much weird stuff in there. Um, no, I would say, you know, that is something. It sounds very mundane, but actually getting it, that might be the spark you need to kind of get mm -hmm. you uh, to get you uh, productive again is having your toolbox organized. And it's just, you know, it's more civilized. Let's face it. So, uh, yeah. Take care of your tools. Take care of your toolbox. So, all right, Alan, hour one is in the can. I don't know where that went. But uh, hour two, boy, am I looking forward to this. Great moments in building history. We're going to talk about the $5 billion construction oh, yeah. of Apple Park in Cupertino, California. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We'll be right back. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989, like our friends uh, Agent 732 and Keith did uh, earlier in the show. I, I have to say, though, uh, Agent 732, I think Keith might have beat you to the punch today. That was <laughs> So we learned, Max, I don't know how you missed this one. You you, you told us today's uh, International Hippo Day, which is great. We all yep, love our hippos. Wednesday, yeah. However, somehow he missed that today is also National Milking a Cow in an Airplane Day. Well, I mean... <laughs> 
a difficult to pronounce acronym, but still just as noteworthy. So, yeah, well, you know, it says the float goes by. <laughs> yeah. So if you missed any of that epic conversation, uh, n- never fear. You know, all of our all of our shows are saved, Alan. They can mm, listen. They to are it. indeed. Listen Pink to Floyd. It. Pink Floyd needs to make a song about. Forget about pigs. Now talk about cows. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and why why hasn't Hollywood picked up this? Oh, they will now. Yeah, no kidding. We're not going to get a check, but they will now. (laughs) Yeah, but check out all our past shows. Uh, You go to tooltalkradio.com. You can go to Spotify. You can go to YouTube, wherever. You know, any platform you choose and uh, check out the past shows and then learn all about, you know. And tell us how you're celebrating uh, National Milking a Cow from an Airplane Day. (laughs) Hopefully safely. We Mm. don't need any... uh, yeah, please bovine don't. Yeah, uh, please. accidents right now. <laughs> we do not need a bovine incident. Yeah. No. So, all right, uh, Alan, we got quite a bit to get to. So let's let's get to it. So uh, here we go, Max. Um, Alan, I've got our must-have item of the week here. Tell people what I'm holding up. Well, it's you're a little either mutilated. holding up a uh, prop from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> or you're holding up a punch chisel. See, I wondered How if they I let a, you through the door. Yeah. If I had a wooden version of this, it would be the perfect vampire oh, oh man. slaying yeah, tool. It's got so. the hand, got a safety handle on it and everything. Well, uh, basically, you have an industrial size punch chisel designed to be whacked by a sledgehammer. Yeah, I was doing a big demo job this week, Alan, and I needed to bust through concrete and mm. all this, and I had to do it in an inside situation because Ooh. normally b- breaking out concrete, you just grab the Whale sledgehammer it. yeah. and it'll take care of business but this one i have to finesse it a little because i'm i'm dealing with uh you know things flying around and you know all that but uh as you can see if you go to our facebook page the tip of this punch chisel <laughs> broke off so what i'm going to do alan is i'm going to take my grinder and mm-hmm. just grind it down to a nice little reasonable bevel and do that but yep. uh let's go alan, break I'm a big advocate when you're using uh, 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 chisels are great to have, but um, boy, you need the right size for the right job. Yes. And I am a big advocate. There's this big orange safety guard on there mm-hmm. because boy, does you know when you whack the side of your hand with a hammer, it's you'll remember it's not it. pleasant. Yeah. And uh, this, it, it doesn't mean I didn't do that either, but. Uh, most of the damage was averted because of this great safety mm. guard. And I don't remember. I, I don't know how recent of a development is i think these guards only came along within the last 20 years or so mm, right i mean I, I in the old days you just swung and oh i got two or three of them don't have the those guards on them trust me yeah but it's a it's a great tool and they have a variety they have different you know chisels but i would say the big the um the one thing is uh choose the right size sometimes bigger is not better mm. i feel like the be- the more narrow uh, chisel heads and all that give you more versatility and and then it's more focused energy right alan because oh, yes. that swing is hitting a small area and you that, get that's that's the whole idea is pounds per square inch or in this case a uh, point of impact yeah exactly. and the other thing i'm gonna throw in is do not get chintzy on the eye protection oh yeah because stuff is gonna fly in directions you can't even imagine mm-hmm. i can't even imagine the flyback from whatever vampires you might be staking mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh yeah you know what else this is a good time to uh, have a little bit higher quality um mask you know dust mask on because yes. the mask i had had that it was the um it was more of like a painter's mask and it had the uh Kind of, it was just it was stiffer and it had you know more uh, the vent the the little ventilation thing in the front and things were hitting that all day and yes. like I, that would have been hitting my face so yes like yeah definitely definitely have the eye protection to go with it but uh, yeah that's you know that's our must have item of the week and uh, I would say a couple of these you know in diff- varying sizes will serve you 
for most of your demolition needs. Uh, well, they're also a halfway decent as a little small kind of pry bar. You can kind of get mm-hmm. up underneath something and lift it a little bit. Yeah. Of, I've also used them as indestructible spacers. <laughs> well, you know, when you're trying oh, to yeah. do something heavy and you need that little half inch of space or whatever, you can wedge It'll them lift under it there. Up. Yep. And then you can get the hammer and knock it out from underneath it without damaging the chisel. Yeah. Because it's, you know, almost indestructible, as Joe has proven. Absolutely. Almost. So uh, <laughs> if you're curious, if, 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 if you're still trying to picture what this looks, looks like, just go to our Facebook page. Go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook and you can see uh, mm-hmm. see what it looks like. So, all right. Hey, uh, you know who I bet you he's got a handful of these, uh, these you know, chisels in his, in his arsenal? That's our good buddy, Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling, who... As we've said, there's sort of an evolution in his business. Mm-hmm. He is now um, really laser focused on not just his uh, not just his roofing um, and remodeling work, but the exterior protection of your home, the armor plating, you could say, yes. uh, roofs, gutters, uh, siding, and windows. I mean, you, you, we talk about water is the enemy, uh, keeping the elements outdoors. He's He's got uh, systems from top to bottom now. It's it's pretty cool. And he was he was taking appointments last week for you know he's he's going to be uh, a pretty a busy guy right now. But um, especially um, you know with with roofing especially we we are always impressed with his uh, you know he's he's just like our buddy uh, Larry Brown in terms of being up on the latest technology and the latest uh, systems and um, especially these uh, roofing systems with GAF. Um, we should say he is a master elite installer uh, with GAF, which is not something you just, you know, everybody, is, you know, you have to be no. qualified for this. Five stars with the Better Business Bureau, five stars with good housekeeping. Apparently, he's never gotten worse than a five-star review. And you can understand it when you see how passionate he is about uh, about the the work that gets done through Big M Roofing and Remodeling. But um, the other great thing about Jay is that you may be in a situation where, um, maybe some of this uh, work is going to be covered by your homeowner's insurance, but maybe you're just not sure. Well, Jay is a former insurance agent, and he knows all of the protocols, and he knows uh, uh, how, to, how to see if you've got a path forward with that. Because really, when you're entering into a situation of um, having to make a claim with your homeowner's insurance, it's a process, and it's not an easy process. And it's I, a whole language and, of watching, yeah. yeah, having an advocate Right. That actually speaks the forms, the lingo, and the just the little minor details of the things they talk about. Mm-hmm. It is it is very fascinating to watch, especially when you have somebody speaking that language for you. Well, the other thing is too, when you get for one thing, when you call Jay, he's a riot anyway. Okay, you're gonna be on the phone with him five minutes, and within that five minutes, you're probably gonna know you're gonna discover that you guys know. 10 of the same people because he knows everybody in Memphis. Yes. But also, it, it's a scary process. It is a bit intimidating when you've got to make a homeowner's claim. And he makes the process actually pretty enjoyable. And and uh, it, it it's a comforting feeling. I mean, like I said, you and I have both had our roofs mm-hmm. replaced with, uh, with Jay through that process. And we can attest, it, it he took care of business and it was really... He took what what was a major problem for me and made it into something manageable. And now every time I go out and look at my new roof uh, from Big M Roofing and Remodeling, I just get this, you know, I get comments still. Our neighbors love the roof. You mm-hmm. know, they walk by and say how great it is. So uh, you can call Jay anytime uh, directly at 901-484-5645. And we mean directly. That's his direct line. 
or go to BigMRoofingAndRemodeling.com. All right, Alan, I have been really, really looking forward to this uh, conversation, so let's roll, Max. And now, great moments in building history. Um, you know, Alan, sometimes the algorithms on YouTube are your friends. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I, I, I know they're spying on us, and I know that they read our minds, and uh, I was not looking for this, and I, mm. I hate to admit, I'd never heard of uh, Apple Park. That's what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. today. Apple Park over in um, Cupertino, California, which is a little bit north. So, I mean, yeah. some people have this blanket view of California. I know people just think it's a desert. It's beautiful. It's it's warm. Well, no, no, no. As you get north, the climate changes quite a bit. It's it's cooler. They get a lot more rain, like up at the San Francisco area and everything right. like that. But Cupertino really is a, a beautiful place. And that's where uh, Steve Jobs is from. And, you know, say what you will about Steve Jobs. He's got, he's sort of a controversial figure. The guy, um, love him or hate him, he he's a visionary. Let's, let's face it. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of too many people that have changed the world more. Well, I should say, is the smartphone, it's got to be one of the most revolutionary inventions ever, even beyond like the, the iPod and things like that. I mean, well, we I mean, all have some version of that right, in our let's, pocket. Let's go back to where it is uh, Steve and his buddy of Wozniak. the Woz. Yeah. And the Wozniak. And they're sitting around and they are literally in like their dorm room. Right. Inventing the Apple computer. Mm-hmm. So, Humble I mean, beginnings. So, I mean, let's, sure, let's, yeah. let's just say that what we're about to talk about began in somebody's closet in a bedroom right yeah and it's just a couple of guys and a few friends sitting around going all right we can make this work yeah and what? now let's let's you know suddenly we snap forward and it's uh about what about 2017 2018? well so here's here let me read the pertinent information right. Alan, since i gave all the uh so right Basically, the process started in terms of uh, it was about an eight-year process of design to completed construction, and so it, it really, uh, I would say, things really got underway in about 2011. But they were designing it for a couple of years. 2011, he made the pitch to uh, have this happen, and then it was completed in 2017. So, what's interesting, first of all, it's on the former grounds of Hewlett Packard which is a very sentimental area to Steve yes. Jobs because I guess before it was Hewlett Packard, it was like a, a an orchard, like a, an apricot orchard or something right. like that. Then Hewlett Packard bought it. They outgrew it. And um, they, the, so Apple bought up the land. And so um, one thing about Steve Jobs, he did not invent this saying, but this is in terms of his design philosophy and in terms of just his, you could say um, just outlook on life. It, it's this phrase, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And I'd say that's a gu guiding design philosophy mm -hmm. for Apple. And I wholeheartedly endorse that. I love that phrase. I'd so. also say that um, uh, for him, uh, I'd quote the Bauhaus, which is a famous German architectural for um, uh, school. It's God is in the details. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but but a, sim a simple structure is sort of, or a simple design, you know, in the iPhone, you look at that, how much simpler could you get or or an iPad? But uh, so he wanted that same sensibility for Apple Park. So this is, folks, if you can picture, this is 176 acres 
of prime real estate in Northern California. I don't even know what that costs. I mean, we're talking. Well, according to the tax assessor, it's about $4 billion. Yeah, because this is a $5 billion project. So, yeah. and I bet you it went even beyond, I think that it probably went beyond that. But um, uh, there's several, there's several structures, but I think the one we're probably going to zero in on the most, Alan, is called in the middle, in the middle of Apple Park is this structure called the ring. Mm -hmm. And folks, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, Either get on YouTube or go to our Facebook page and see the video that I posted it's there a about this. It it's it's really, a giant UFO. Really interesting. When you look at it, the first thing that's going to come to mind is any number of movies where aliens have landed. It's very it's cool looking though. But it's but the thing about it is when he went to the planning committee, the standard. Okay, so let's suppose you just bought 176 acres of prime real estate, mm -hmm. and you know he's got. 12,000 employees that have to work on this campus. Right. Your inclination would be, I guess even the standard sort of um, rule was, okay, we're going to have about 80% building and 20% landscape, you know, and plants and stuff. Well, he completely flipped the model. If you look at Apple Park from above, it almost looks like a, like a, like a park, like a forested area. It's, it's 80% landscaping and 20% buildings. And yet it still houses their, they're 12,000 employees. It's a two, two, uh, 2,800,000 square foot structure is, mm -hmm. is the ring and everything. Well, but, um, but man, there is just so much interesting stuff here. So I figured maybe we could start with the ring and work our way across okay, the campus. Well, so. all right. We learned from the Pentagon mm -hmm. that of just a giant warehouse is very big. However, a Pentagon of gave us the ability to kind of shortcut back and forth across the area. Bingo. So we can get from one thing to the other. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to stretch that out because the circumference of this thing is almost a mile. Yeah, if you walk around, because we should say it's it's also Apple Park is a monument to glass technology. In yes. term, and, and, but the entire structure of the ring, if you're walking on the walkway on the inside or the outside, uh, it's full glass. I mean, these are, they said this is the, um, they set several world records. Among them is the largest curved glass structure in the world, like yes. by far. It's, you know, every pane of glass has got a, a curve on it. And so you're either looking into this really beautiful courtyard that's got orchards and uh, gardens and like, I think they have 9,000 different kind of plants in that just in mm -hmm. that apple park and uh, they've got a i mean a performance area and everything and then if you're walking around the outside it's the same thing it just looks like forested land but it's glass from floor to ceiling which that's not such an easy thing to achieve either i don't know what they said there's a uh, special chemical process they use to create this glass to be that durable and that that well you go back in time of a lot of the technology that you see here was actually uh, has its roots. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. In lighthouses. Oh, interesting. Well, because we had to have an extremely durable glass that would allow light to pass through it. So there were a wide variety of different glass mixtures. Yeah. AKA the the items that went into it. Right. Of like, well, the most famous, of course, would be something like if we want to talk about leaded crystal. Oh, yeah. That's where glass has literally lead added to it to create a certain effect. Yep. So that's what we're talking about here is taking a lot of technologies from 100 or 200 years ago 
and honestly pushing them uh, forward into the future. Yeah. So when you walk through this thing, the diameter across just in building yeah. this thing alone is almost a third of a mile. I'm go- yeah. I'm going to tease something a little bit, but I'm not going to say exactly what. But going back to like a couple um, hundred years in the past, well, there are things that Steve Jobs actually used in this compound that actually go back about a thousand years. That's oh. true. Put a but pin I, in that, Max, because I was going to throw that to you in a minute because there is something to do with uh, earthquake prevention. So yes. stand by, Max. But, Alan, I want to pick up on one little thing you you mentioned because this was fully intentional. You talked about the Pentagon. Well, if you're in the Pentagon and, you you know, we all, I think, know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. If you, instead of walking around the entire building, you might cut through the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Well, the courtyard at, at, at the ring uh, at Apple Park was designed specifically with that in mind. Like one of the things that is built into the design of Apple Park is they want um, they want um, employees to have employees at every level. They want the top guys and the bottom guys to all frequently interact. So the and 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 they what they said was to spark the free flow of ideas and encourage chance meetings with. Um, in other words, they want all the employees to right to somehow. Mingle. Mingle, and that's where new ideas come from, and that's where innovation comes from. So I, I'm fascinated with the notion that the design is built with that in mind. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of all of their ideas, uh, that they have one restaurant for the entire – it's just this massive 54,000-square-foot restaurant. They have – it's it's it, it reminds me of home design that you should – you know, look at how, what is the, what are the, what are the dynamics of your home? Is it going to encourage the family to work together? Or is, maybe you need something where, you, you know, if you're working from home, you need that isolated space or something. But the notion of the behavior that it's going to spark is very interesting to me. So. And there's a, there's a kind of a weird limitation to this because of the sheer number of people that work there. Mm-hmm. And they decided to go out and wide and circular instead of up right well but, they also wanted this to be pleasant to look at if you're driving by they don't want this to just be a big well know, it's only spectacle. there's only four stories when you drive by it looks like you're driving by a park i mean all you see are the trees and the plants right. you barely this see thing the, does not go right. up and tower like mm-hmm. a monolith over the over the area yeah it is it, it is restrained so as you're driving up to it, it it's not it doesn't really appear to be that big. No, no, it's, but, you it's know, deceptive. You go right. all the way around it. It's absolutely, when you see it from the air, it's massive. Mm-hmm. But as you're driving up, you do not drive up to a a uh, look at Max and go, one of his uh, one of his grand buildings that is big and blocky and, you know, he, he likes that. Um, the brutalist. He likes that brutalist idea. I don't this know that you can not, see very much concrete in this place. That, so, well, yeah. you, you almost can't because really all you see are supports. And in many ways, it all, it reminds me of the original Memphis airport. Oh, is that what it, I, I didn't? I well, wasn't the, here for the original. The so. original Memphis airport, if you go behind the adjunct and look at it, mm-hmm. it looks like a tray of martini glasses. Oh, very interesting. So it's one of these very avant-garde looks. So when you're looking at this thing from the outside, again, the word simple is a little bit misleading. Of There's nothing simple about what they did. However, the end result is simple. And as I've told people in in the computer world a million times, 
the more complex it is in the background, mm -hmm. the easier it is on on the user. I'd say that's it. Simplicity for the u yeah the user and the viewer's perspective. I mean, you look at a phone like I said, and and I will say, I mean, we're not here to plug Apple, but the smartphone is pretty intuitive. It you know it's right. it's funny how easy it is to swipe and all that stuff. But uh, um, but, but this might portend what is going to happen with renewable energies and house batteries and all that in the very near future. I want to say this too, Alan, real quick, because the top of the the entire top of the ring is covered with solar panels. Yes, you it would is. never know it because they look beautiful. I mean, it looks like like you said a spaceship. I I was amazed by this. It generates 75% of the electricity that they need. Yes. For I mean, that's that's shocking for the, that's something that lot. big. There's more to unpack here. This is a really interesting topic and we would highly encourage you to go learn more about uh, mm -hmm. Apple Park. It's it's really interesting. We're going to continue the conversation uh, here at Tool Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I've been cooked up in the studio too long. I've forgotten what it's like to be outside working next to men who know what they're doing. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, Max, that's an experience you'll never understand. Uh, sorry, you're stuck in the studio, and uh, that's the way it's going. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilberth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook page. Check out the uh, posts we've made there, um, including the, uh, the the discussion we're having right now, all about Apple Park. I knew we'd get a lot of mileage out of this. Mm. This this construction is fascinating. And uh, if you're just tuning in, um, you know, get on YouTube or, or, or go to our uh, Facebook page, watch the video. It's it's a really interesting construction completed in um, 2017. And it there was so much thought that went into this. And the one thing that keeps... Coming back to me, Alan, is it was designed to promote employee interaction and the free flow of ideas through chance meetings. Everything about this was so well thought out. And when you see it from a, a, an aerial view or if you just visit it, the, the structures just look simple. You know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And uh, but there's nothing simple about them. But um, there was a lot of thought about also being sustainable, Alan. And uh, we mentioned how 75% of it is fueled by um, all of their electricity needs are done are taken care of by the solar panels on the roof. But you were uh, very fascinated with the um, H, uh, with the airflow technology. It's, it's you know, ingenious airflow. Do they use the Remy Halo system? They probably do. But, uh, uh, they, they, they actually also use, yeah. have quite a few uh, UVC systems built into the end of the thing. Uh, the biggest thing is, of course, where they're located is a very docile climate. Uh, what do you mean by that? It, it's not like here in the Mid South. Yeah, in the Mid South, it's dry, we have but... you know we have hot, dry, cold, wet. We have winds. We have zero degrees. We have snowstorms. Uh, Cupertino is a relatively weather-wise semi-stable. They have all four seasons, but within within some limitations. So they, they're not really looking for extreme weather. So that helps a lot on their air conditioning. Yeah. Because if you built this thing over here in the south or in the mid-south, you would be moving millions, millions of cubic feet of air per minute 
just keep the air breathable. Just really quick, I just want to say something, Alan. I moved when I was younger. I moved from Chicago to San Diego, and the one thing that, that I experienced out there, which I had never experienced anywhere, is you could you'd be at a party or something, and you just you you could have the doors wide open to your house. And you, there's no bug. There was no mosquitoes. There was no, you know, whatever. The, the humidity was not a an issue. Lack of humidity. C Cupertino's a little north, so they have, they do get some humidity. But as you said, it's pretty stable. But they use that to their advantage here, right? So, exactly. Yeah. Of uh, so because of the because of a the weather and b some good filtration systems. Of I understand they only really quote unquote run the air conditioning. Very little. It's uh, what, uh, like a fourth of the year, maybe. The, yeah, three years, uh, three months out of the year, they use their HVAC system. They might even have to kick the heat on it once in a while. But yeah. they the and the airflow technology comes in through those giant round windows that we discussed earlier, or they or they close the vents or something. Right. But um, just the the shape of the building, I guess, lends itself to air being moved through there. You know how you talked about. Raiders Stadium. They had a similar mm -hmm. technology with the uh, the way air moves, and they're just using nature to cool the building yep. or to or to warm it. Which I I love that concept. You know, well, and and this passive heat, uh, passive heat, passive. Uh, well, airflow. And, we're, and we're seeing more of that in modern home construction. Also, we're seeing vaulted ceilings. We're seeing rounded areas. Yeah, we're seeing uh, larger glass areas in modern homes. Sure. Yeah, because sometimes that gives you a thermal property. If you're up north, that glass lets heat in and it warms up the uh, you know warms up the system. So, but uh, Max, one of the big things California is no noted for dealing with earthquakes. So earthquake prevention or earthquake, you know, dealing in the design of this, they had to take that into account. And this this sort of fascinated you, right? So. Well, it harkened back to another great moment in building history that we did a while back that with a structure called Horyuji in Japan, which is more than a thousand years old. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons this wooden temple has been able to survive so long is because of an ingenious thing called BIT or BIT, Base Isolation Technology. Yeah. Which they, they, I mean, that's a thousand years old, but it's basically the concept of this building has got a lot of movement. I mean, it can, I've heard it can move up to four feet if the situation calls for it. Can you imagine that a round build? Cause it's, it's based using that technology. Which I mean, essentially was like, um, uh, if we're kind of recapping the structure, it's the fact that the struck, the floors aren't connected to each other. They rest on top of each other. Right. Yeah, it's I, they they described it in this one video I watched where there's almost these uh, I, I can't remember seven hundred or seven thousand uh, little don't I don't know we we can't really unpack it on the radio other than to say they built in flexibility to to this structure and it I mean I don't know what level earthquake it can withstand but it sounds like it's going to be there for the you know and and the, from the look of it you know like I said there's orchards there's plants I feel like boy if if the grid ever went down you could just stay at Apple Park. I mean, there's food, there's... Uh... <laughs> well, and part of the design of this, and this is going to be possibly a design copied by other companies mm -hmm. in the future, it is actually designed to get you up out of your chair. Oh, yeah. They so don't want you, you should, just sitting at your desk all you day. You should go walk. You should mingle. You should use the facilities of... They have uh, workout rooms. Like you said, they have one gargantuan restaurant. They do not have executive suites. 
mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, the executives eat on the fourth floor and the rest of the people eat on the first floor. Right. They want you to mingle and rub elbows and that. But the biggest thing is they want you to move. And, and if you're if you're more productive uh, where you grab your laptop and you go sit in the courtyard under an, an apple tree, they're fine with it. They don't care. Just they it's task oriented. You. you know, yep. you just right. So it, it to me that notion. I mean, it, it makes me want to go visit. I'd love to. There's a visitor center, but I guess it's not open to the public. I don't know if we could somehow. Sneak um, into Apple Park, Allen, and, and infiltrate and check I, it out. But, I uh, promise with my computer background, they're never going to let me in that building, period. Yeah, they're, uh, exactly. Uh, to to, to ba- make a basic quote about why they don't give tours is because it is an open concept building. They have no way of keeping you out of trade secrets. Exactly, yeah. So Let's it face is it, that's open- where all the, the, all the development comes from. And, well, and, and you know, I'm going to tie that back to your house again. Um, there are more and more people enjoying the open concept home mm-hmm. that has fewer rooms, just a bigger mass living area. Yep. Yeah. And this is an idea being embraced by one of the largest companies in the world. I yeah. mean, that's also what makes the um, uh, going back because they even said Steve Jobs was inspired by Japanese architecture. Well, whether or not whether he thought about it or not, he was also kind of inspired by Japanese architecture because Japanese architecture way back in the day was very open concept. You have yeah. most of the furniture would be against the walls and everything rather than like in the middle of it. And so you just have space and emptiness. And there's a piece to emptiness because it's like you're not cluttered by a bunch of stuff around you. So you, it's sort of a, the idea of a cluttered desk is a cluttered mind. Well, a an empty air, oh, an empty workroom is an empty mind. Yeah, or open, maybe open, open is better. So, yeah, and uh, feng shui, all that good stuff. So, But, Alan, I don't want to run out of time before we discuss the Steve Jobs Theater because that is right. – um, that, I think, will tie into the future of, um, of home improvement because there's two important aspects to this. So, folks, if you can picture this, the, so the Steve Jobs Theater, if you've ever seen these Apple announcements where they're like, okay, this is the next mm-hmm. big thing, it's always in that theater. It seats about 1,000 people. Well, that theater is underground. Yes. The part I wanted to talk about is where you enter the theater. It's it's it it really does almost look like a spaceship or it's like a combination spaceship and mushroom. And what it is, it's just a round <laughs> structure completely made of glass on the side. The, the walls, everything is glass. And then on the top is just this. Um, it's a car a round carbon fiber, smooth, just very sleek looking um, roof. Mm-hmm. And they said that um, it's the only structure of its kind in the world. And the fact that this this um, roof is completely supported by glass, which is where I was going, you know, that the, the way glass is tempered and the way the, the structural properties of glass are changing. Because, I mean, if you notice in, in current home design, you do see a lot of big, you, you see bigger uh, uses of glass. You know, you have massive glass, almost walls, you could say. But this one was interesting to me, Alan, combining the 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 strength of that glass and the carbon fibers especially mm-hmm. because you you talk about carbon fiber a lot i think that's going to be a revolutionary uh, uh, well, development for us so. we can go all the way back to jules verne mm-hmm. in 20,000 leagues under the sea when they were looking out of windows on the nautilus and captain nemo went oh you would be surprised the power of glass it, it yeah and yeah. just simply talking about how magnificent his glassmakers were because this kind of a weird thing glassmakers way back in the day were 
a valuable, highly, highly uh valued commodity anybody that can make anything out of glass i could see that and that's a very specialized as thing. we have moved forward and now you look at a smartphone or any of these devices and we are still so reliant on glass and now layered technology we're getting into different kinds of fiber and i'll pick on plywood for a moment mm-hmm. plywood is just basically chipped wood waste wood whatever you want to call it that's been relayered and laminated and relayered and laminated, and now it is infinitely stronger than any natural grained wood. Yeah, because you crisscross the grain, so you right. have it. There's and, not and, and a breaking point. It. There's not a weak point in plywood. Could you explain that? Because carbon fiber, we hear it a lot, but I don't know if people visualize why that's so. It's lightweight, but like really strong. Maybe it. It is of. I'm trying to give the best example I can here. It, plywood is a great visual because when you look in the side of it, you see the different layers going different directions. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about carbon fiber as a building material, this is the exact same idea, just much, much thinner. And because of the way the fibers can be woven, mm-hmm. can be produced, can be any variety of strengths. So when you begin doing this stuff, and then the other idea is that we have got hydraulic presses capable of literally thousands of tons of pressure. So that when we're making these materials today, we have manufacturing processes you couldn't imagine 100 years ago. Sure. So now we are able to produce very thin, very strong, and in the case of things like Kevlar, so strong it can resist a bullet right yeah so i mean welcome to the marriage of old and new old technologies like glass brought up to date uh the physics of how to distribute weight the physics of how to heat and cool and expand of the basic ideas of how to survive an earthquake Uh, these are all all in one building one construction at one time And the whole idea behind it is to also have a very sustainable footprint. Well, because carbon fiber is not going to rust. It's not not going to rot. It's going to, right? I mean, that's the other thing. Um, The carbon fiber does fascinate me because, uh, like, for one thing, just perfect example. The other day, a friend of mine was showing me their um, racing, you know, these uh, bikes, the the, the real hardcore with the the wheels that are super thin and all that. Well, when I was a kid, you know, we were into the BMX biking. Right. And the first thing you did, it sounds funny, but if you went to uh, see your friend's new bike, you picked it up and you wanted to see how heavy it was. Because the lighter weight, the more you could do jumps. The, and so the lighter your bike was, the, the more the impressive The cooler the stuff was. you could do, yeah. This bike, I couldn't, uh, it was shocking. You picked it up, it bar- it was like a feather. There was nothing like to pounds. it. Yeah. And it looked like it was made of metal, uh, but they said, no, this is a carbon fiber bike and so the lightweight uh and and the durability and the strength is what impresses me and the rut this this isn't going to rust it's no it's not metal it's not i mean i really do think carbon fiber is a revolutionary technology that's gonna continue to to impact us you know well we're somewhere in the early years of it i'm not going to say we're at the birth of fiber technology we're not Mm -hmm. but we aren't to the teenage years yet we haven't really really expand into how far carbon kevlar graphene and a variety of other fiber technologies can take us oh yeah absolutely now when it comes to building what does that mean for us 
Well, that means probably a lot more prefabricated materials like plywoods and of we've got melanine and we've got all kinds of of recycled materials. You can now build a deck basically out of recycled car tires. Sure. That will last and they don't hundreds of years right. as opposed to 20 or 30. Yep. So we're getting into less of an impact and less degradation sure. in our products. Oh, yeah. And because he doesn't have a giant concrete building, he is not going to run into a lot of the giant concrete building problems. Yep. Yeah. You know, you think about it, this building is massive. It's huge. But the weight distribution on it is absolutely phenomenal. It's not like a skyscraper. It's not pressing straight down into the bedrock. No. It's it's really interesting construction. There's more to say. I mean, we don't want to eat up the whole show talking right. about it, But I would encourage you, get on YouTube. Uh, there's some things. The center of the courtyard is the, um, they have a, a stage area. I mean, they hold concerts. They hold special events. Yes. They're big announcements. Um, there are bikes, bike racks everywhere. You just, if you need to ride across campus, you just grab a bike and ride yep. across campus. The underground parking is what fascinated me. They have... Uh, they didn't want to disrupt the view with a parking garage, so they have an underground two-story parking garage. That's it's. I mean, it's pretty impressive, Al. It's 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 the size of it Disneyland. Like, yeah, and it's you would want to drive through this parking garage just for kicks because it looks so mm -hmm. it looks so cool, and it's just you know I would say all you know they pulled out all the stops on this, but Apple Park just looks like it's it's um. It's it's sustainable. It's interesting. It's got great design concepts, and you could do well to to uh, implement some of those in your yep. own home. I mean, it's you talk about having a concept and considering the way the house is going to be used. Well, this this you know, it, I'm going to be following this uh, this place with great interest. Just glass and window technology alone, yeah, can exactly. make a huge difference to your home. Absolutely. So uh, that was a good one, Alan. That's a that's and and th like I said, the algorithms found me. They mm. just sent me this, and and I responded. So um so uh, whoever you are, you evil AI, send me something good for for next week. So, <laughs> but Alan, um we uh we we need to shift gears. So before we do that, I don't want to neglect to uh to plug our own stuff. So okay. um let's talk about you know Alan with uh, darkoakmedia.com. Uh, what is darkoakmedia.com up to this week? So. Of well, this week a big hit of course, the show from last week where we were live uh, is getting a lot of airplay. Well, have and, you already edited that cuz I know Scott J Carroll was interviewing people and getting footage from the home show. So uh, is he already uh, uh Well, that that isn't done yet, but our show was edited and up. So okay. feel free to listen to us live. Just pop on to uh, tooltalkradio.com. The other big thing we've got going on at Dark Oak Media is a couple of episodes of Cooking in a Tiny Kitchen got released. Okay, that's different. Yeah, that's, that's very different. Uh, cooking in a Tiny Kitchen is absolutely a scream because a lot of us don't have great kitchens. Yeah. We don't, li <laughs> we don't live on HGTV. Um, so you are not limited. It's just by your imagination. So you can pop on and watch Scott J. Carroll do uh, cake cookies and make his world-famous Coney Island hot dog sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Coney Island hot dog Man, sauce. Man, that is some stuff. I like that. 
Well, never you know, heard he's from that. New Jersey originally, so he is all about those Coney Island hot dogs. Okay. All right. So there you go, folks. That's that's reason enough to tune in. Coney Island hot dog sauce. It is good. Over there at darkoakmedia.com. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you're a content creator and, uh, you know, and you're out there and you want to make the definitive documentary about uh, <laughs> National Milking a Cow on an Airplane Day, Alan will probably put you on, a, I'll on his channel. Up. I'll hook you up. Okay. Um, plugging my stuff, Alan, I want to say that if um, if you've, I don't know, I don't want to put, okay, never mind. I, I, I have another announcement to make, but I won't make it today. But if you've got a deck or a pergola or a patio cover or a screened-in porch or just really any outside project, uh, requiring carpentry, any mm. any woodworking project for the outside of your home, um, give me a call. That's that's what I live for. I mean, I I enjoy these, and I'm already lining up projects for the uh, spring and summer for people. Um, some some pr- fairly interesting. Oh, so, good. But um, and, well, I'll just put it out there. One one person wants me to build them a catio. Cool. <laughs> I, I am so I am so in on that with you. Well, it, this is a cat lady. Yes. She knows who she is. I won't give her name over the radio, but she's a. This is one of these. If she's walking down the street and there's an abandoned cat, she's going to wind up saving yeah, it. Right. And it, this is we're talking. You know, this might have to accommodate up to like I don't know, fifteen cats. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I don't I, know that I want to specialize in this, but it, it's going to be a fun project. I, I, so. You and I have talked about construction for animals in the past. I will so give you a hand with that. Yeah. Well, and folks, I, I'm going to put this out there because I've I've built I built a a cat condo a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I've done some different uh, things for pets giving them secret entrances and things like that. But if you've got any advice, I'll take it, you know, get in touch with me. Uh, so either way, if you if you need a catio or you need something weird like that for the outside of your home or just norm, normal, you know, mm-hmm. standard things, get in touch with me and call me directly at 901-921-7105 or go to my website, thorshomes.com. All right, guys, uh, let's, why don't we share some tool tales? I don't have any music, just let you know. Oh, awesome. oh, thanks, Max. Okay. Dun, thanks dun, for the high dun. production value right. over there. So. No, just so that he doesn't wait with bated breath. Well, we were talking uh, last week, I believe I teased this, which, you know, but then we the conversation got mm. diverted. I didn't know Mrs. Brown was going to be so interesting and, well, talk, you, you know, go. whatever. So we didn't get to this, but uh, we we all got a, a, a few tool, tool tales. <laughs> I think I'll go first. Um, okay. Mine is a, a tale of flying sparks. Uh, and, uh, mine is to do with my nifty grinding wheel. And, um, you know, we've talked about the grinding wheel in the past, Mm. uh, folks, if you don't know, I mean, you can go to your big box store and usually they come in, uh, there'll be two. It's, there's a, there's a, there's two wheels and they, it's as simple as it could be. It's got a little fence that you rest the, uh, device against. It's usually adjustable and it's got a little glass guard that, you know, covers it. And all it does is it spins and it's got a grinding wheel. One is a little uh, coarser than the other, and one is um, one is a little, um, you know, f- um, for fine detail work. Mm-hmm. But um, man, there are fewer things more satisfying than having like maybe you've got that that old chisel at the bottom of the toolbox that's all dented up, or maybe like something like what I've got, where I've got a um, punch chisel that I broke the tip off of, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is about to become just a bevel chisel now, mm-hmm. Alan. But okay. uh, man, working with a grinder is so much fun. But this, folks, definitely get your safety glasses. 
don't do this near a gas can oh, or anything Lord, flammable because yes. sparks will fly. But there's something, man, you feel like you're almost in Lord of the Rings or something when you're doing this. <laughs> at, at a, you've, you've, you've had grinding wheel experiences, yes, haven't you, Alan? Yes, I have on it's many, fun. many projects. And uh, I have to tell you, especially right around dusk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you're up on that ladder and you're on that top of that where you got to smooth off those welds and you're up there and you're just spraying fire uh, across the um, across the safety covered area, yeah, yeah, uh, it is very impressive looking. It's fun, and and then of course, um, one thing that's important when you've got a grinding wheel is keep a cup of water, or keep a little yes. thing because as that material gets hot, especially if you're doing it without gloves or something, it's well for one thing, it's not good to let it get too overheated. But right. if if you if you do it for any length of time, you're gonna go, wow, this thing's hot, and then it's kind of satisfying too. You dip it into the water, mm. it you get this this impressive plume of steam yeah, yep. and then you get back to it but the the the, the grinding wheel is uh, super cool so alan i don't think we have time to get to the rest of the tool tales today i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to uh cut your short but uh folks, oh, we'll keep talking about grinders they are fun yeah. but i will throw this in be shockingly careful with what you're doing and know where your hands are and well, i know that sounds yes. like a dumb statement to say but it's not. Well, the other thing is don't do it with loose clothing. No. Don't have loose sleeve. If you've got long hair, keep it behind mm, you because that thing. It's going to eat it. But it's a fairly, I mean, it's a, it's an inexpensive tool. You can probably get it's one even for 60 or tool, 70 bucks. It's a simple, easy tool, but it is so dangerous. But they're they're handy. And, uh, you know, I suppose if you're really good, you could probably sharpen a lot of other things that oh, yeah. we're not going to mention on the air because we don't want to get sued. But, That's um, true. I wish the grinders could sharpen your wit. Okay. Oh, uh, thanks, Max. Okay. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> he just had to get one in. He, he was so disappointed that about that music. Anyway, hey, uh, Alan, another interesting episode of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but it's time to get out of here. So uh, we, we sure appreciate you listening and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. So until next week, uh, I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends um, Alan Gilbert and our buddy Max behind the glass, and we'll see you next week. It's a weird sign-off. Mm-hmm. <laughs>